In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. The feast day for St. Francis of Assisi is technically October 4th. Um, But we follow ancient tradition and move the celebration of the feast to the next convenient Sunday. And so a lot of churches blessed animals last Sunday. We're doing it today. If you're back for a double dose, so much the better. It's a good day to give thanks for the legacy of St. Francis, perhaps to learn something new about him, to bless animals, of course, to enjoy their amens and alleluias that we've already been listening to. While a lot of people are familiar already with Francis's kindness and charity towards animals, um, that was only one aspect of the way in which Francis also understood the whole world in a kind of upside-down way. He treated the poor as though they were powerful, And when he encountered the powerful, he showed them a kind of humility that they even found refreshing and attractive and inviting. One of my favorite St. Francis stories has to do with some notorious robbers who were picking on people and terrorizing the whole area. Francis was away on a trip trying to get something to eat and something to drink to bring back to the brother friars who were beginning to to live together in a sort of community expression, an early friary of sorts. And so these robbers came to the friars and pounded on the door demanding entrance. They demanded food and money and whatever else they could get. They were absolute bullies. Friar Angelo, one of the brothers there, had heard about these robbers and what bad guys they were, and he'd had enough. And so he was ready. He opened the door and he let them have an earful. You robbers and murderers, you aren't ashamed to steal the hard work of others, and now you're bold and shameless enough to devour the alms that are given to the servants of God. You aren't worth the ground to hold you up. And he went on and on. Eventually, the robbers gave up, and they left that friary and moved on, a little bit ashamed and certainly a lot angry. But when St. Francis returned, Brother Angelo greeted him excitedly, telling him this story, how he had repelled the robbers with his forceful words. I imagine he was hoping to be rewarded for his efforts. Instead, Francis was angry. "'You've acted cruelly, Brother Angelo,' Don't you recall how Jesus himself said that he has come for the sick, not the healthy? And so Francis then took the bread and the wine that he had, which was all that the brothers had. He gave it to Brother Angelo and he said, Go and track down those robbers and apologize to them. Give them this bread and this wine and say you're sorry. You see what I mean about seeing the world in upside-down terms. Well, Brother Angelo did that, probably a little bit begrudgingly. He found the robbers. He apologized to them. The robbers were so moved, they followed him back. They wanted to learn more about this Francis and this Jesus who Francis attributed his odd activity to. This little story about St. Francis shows us a number of aspects about his strangeness and his fidelity to Jesus Christ. 
First of all, Francis was able to hold on to the words of Jesus in the spirit of Jesus. He never lost sight of that fact that Christ has come for everyone to to save people from themselves sometimes and to save us all from all that would harm us. Much like Jesus, Francis saw the robber, the murderer, the thief, anybody else who might seem like the ultimate moral failure as exactly the kind of person Christ was looking for. And so Francis would move closer and befriend. But secondly, we see in this little story how Francis also viewed creation All of God's creatures, the bread, the wine, everything belongs to God. They are in creation to be shared, not hoarded, not wasted, not held from others in need, regardless of who who those might be who are in need. Throughout our scripture readings today, we heard um, the image of a vineyard. In the Hebrew scriptures, Israel itself is pictured as God's vineyard, a place of beauty and goodness and, and possibility, a little like, gar- like, like the Garden of Eden again. And yet the people of Israel have forgotten this. They've, they've fallen behind in their weeding. They've refused to do any pruning. They've allowed all sorts of things to invade, and so there's no produce Vines are overgrown and they're choking out all the fruit. The produce is spoiling. In the gospel, Jesus makes the same point, especially aimed at the religious officials of his day. But the point is valid for everyone. We are all of us called to live as though we share a vineyard. We're called to be what is an old-fashioned word, but we're called to be stewards of creation. We're called to be good stewards of all that God has created and entrusted to us. That word steward comes from an old English word that has to do simply with the house guardian, the overseer. Uh, The Germanic roots to the word also carry a sense of being on the lookout, of having perspective and being perceptive, being wide-eyed, looking out. That's what we're to do for all of creation to be on the lookout, to be caretakers and protectors, to be sisters and brothers of all that lives. St. Francis is thought of as the patron saint of the environment for good reason. He understood all of creation as sisters and brothers. Praised be my Lord for sister moon and the stars. Praised be my Lord for brother wind. Praised be my Lord for sister water, for brother fire. Praised be my Lord for our sister Mother Earth who sustains and teaches us. Christians may disagree on how we should caretake. Christians may disagree on the percentages or the priorities or who pays for what. But there can be no question of our responsibility for all of creation. As another Francis, Pope Francis, stresses in his encyclical Laudato Si, He writes, it must be said that some committed and prayerful Christians with the excuse of realism and pragmatism tend to ridicule expressions of concern for the environment. Others are passive. They choose not to change their habits and thus become inconsistent. So what we all need is an ecological conversion whereby the effects of our encounter with Jesus Christ become evident in our relationship with the world around us. 
Living our vocation to be protectors of God's handiwork is essential to a life of virtue. It is not an optional or a secondary aspect of the Christian experience. And so we're all called to be stewards of creation, but as followers of Jesus Christ, we're also called to be like Francis and to be stewards of Christ's message, of his message and his way of life and love and joy. Today's gospel has harsh words for those who would trample on the gifts of God, for those who would reject the way of love or peace. We're meant to hear that harshness if it applies to us, But even more, we're meant to hear the other side of those words, the words of welcome and blessing, the command to be stewards of all that is good and gracious. Francis of Assisi was someone who followed Christ as closely as possible. He looked foolish to many. He did things that didn't make sense in the 12th or 13th century. They wouldn't make sense in the 21st. But he lived with humor and joy and passion, with a deep, deep sensitivity to all of God's creation. Francis understood stewardship of God's vineyard and of his sisters and brothers in creation and of Christ's message of love and welcome and acceptance. Today, especially as we welcome brother and sister dogs and cats and birds and other animals, as we invite closer Sister Rain and Brother Wind, as we notice all of creation, may we pray that the Spirit would inspire us to follow Christ by loving all creation and also by living more gently towards one another. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.